VW Africa Link The time has come to get all the updates from Africa and beyond. This is DW's Africa Link. Hello and welcome to the program with me, your host, Josie Mahachi. And I'm Isaac Mugabe. Welcome to those listening to us through our partner stations and on our Facebook page, DW Africa. You can also get us on Spotify. Now, coming up on the program, there are tons of mixed reactions as Ghana intensifies crackdown on rights of LGBTQ plus community. Parliament passes stringent anti-LGBTQ law. I am sad. It's not for anything. Queer people should not be criminalized. Honestly, I feel like with passing of a bill like this, it has to put a negative side, okay? It would affect Ghana in terms of finance. LGBTQ plus bill is just in the right direction because the public popular opinion of people, it is all that we don't want it. A little later on the show, we'll be joined by Fox Odoi, a Ugandan advocate who also at the forefront challenging the Uganda's Anti-Homosexuality Act. Uh, he'll join us a little later. Now stay tuned for more of that coming up after the World News in Brief. DW News. My name is Buba Jalo. Vladimir Putin has warned NATO countries to risk nuclear war if they send troops to Ukraine. The Russian leader has been delivering his annual State of the Nation address two weeks ahead of a presidential election. His warning came after French President Emmanuel Macron refused to rule out the possibility of Western nations sending troops to Ukraine. They should eventually understand that we also have weapons, and they know it. I just said it now myself, weapons that can hit targets on their territory. Everything that the West is coming up with now, what they threaten the world with, it can result in a conflict with the use of nuclear weapons, and therefore the destruction of civilization. Vladimir Putin there. Now, a prominent opposition politician has been killed in Chad. The country's state prosecutor says Yaya Dilo died on Wednesday during an army assault on his party's headquarters. The government accused Dilo's party of being responsible for a deadly attack earlier this week on the Internal Security Agency. Dilo was a fierce opponent of the transitional president who is his cousin, Mohamed Idris Debi Itno. The Central African Republic Army and Russian mercenaries killed over 250 rebels in the country's southern region, according to Radio Lengo Songo. The outlet says large military operations were conducted in the region between 23rd and 26th February. And you're listening to Africa Link News on DW, Germany's international public broadcaster. The health ministry in Gaza, which is controlled by Hamas, says the death toll since the start of the war has now topped 30,000 people. The ministry says more than 100 people were killed on Thursday while they were waiting for humanitarian aid in Gaza City. Many of uh, the more than 700 wounded were rushed to hospital. Zambia has declared the prolonged dry spell experienced in the country as a national disaster and emergency, President Haka in the Hichilema said during a State of the Nation address on Thursday. We hereby declare the prolonged drought spell as a national disaster and emergency. In view of the foregoing, your government will undertake many actions to ameliorate the situation, to mitigate against this challenge 
These that I will list now are just some amongst the many that will be taken on board. We shall channel more resources towards humanitarian relief purposes. And finally, France star Paul Pogba has been given a four-year ban from football by Italy's anti-doping tribunal. Pogba tested positive for testosterone last August. A spokesman for the club told AFP news agency it had been notified of the decision against the 30-year-old World Cup winner. Pogba says he will appeal against the ban at the Court of Arbitration for Sports. And for more news, go to our webpage dw.com or our Facebook page DW Africa. My name is Boba Jalo. And you're listening to DW's Africa Link program, broadcast from Monday up to Friday, live here in our studios in Bonn, Germany, the heart of Europe. Once again, my name is Isaac Mugabe. And mine is Josie Mahachi. Remember, you can be part of the show by commenting on our Facebook page, DW Africa. We also appreciate everyone who's tuned in through all our partner stations across the continent. We head straight to Ghana, where mixed reactions have greeted the passage of the anti-LGBTQ bill in in Ghana's parliament yesterday evening. Just to bring our listeners to speed, Ghana's parliament passed legislation that intensifies the crackdown on the rights of LGBTQ people and those promoting lesbian, gay or other non-conventional sexual and gender identities in the West African country. Well, this is a story that has been making headlines worldwide since Wednesday, like you mentioned, Jersey, and it's still, of course, uh, send people talk about the rights of LGBT community. Uh, to follow up on what you said, Jose, the bill enjoys majority support from Ghanaians, mm-hmm. for starters, but for human rights activists, they want the president of the country not to assent or sign the bill or in other words, to make it law. He has the final authority, though, but even before he does that, members of the LGBTQ plus community told DW they're now living in fear. Isaac Kalechi in Accra has more. Those in favor that the Human Sexual Rights and Family Values Bill 2021 be taken through the third ring. Say aye. Those against, say no. The Human Sexual Rights and Family Values Bill 2021 is read the third time and passed. That's Speaker of Ghana's Parliament, Alban Bagbin, declaring the anti-LGBTQ bill duly passed. The passage was unanimous, but it has taken three years for this to happen. This was a private member's bill, which means it was brought before Parliament by individual lawmakers backed by religious and traditional leaders. Sam George, one of the MPs that sponsored the bill, considers this significant and wants it signed by the president immediately. It is our belief that this will be communicated from the Speaker's Secretariat expeditiously to His Excellency President Nana Adudankwa Akufuado. It is our hope, our prayer and belief that President Akufuado will be a man of his words and stick to the words he spoke to the Anglican Church in the Eastern region when he said, under his watch, LGBTQ will not be established. When he gave assurances to members of the clergy. It is a win for the members of parliament and most Ghanaians, but it's a different narrative for the LGBTQ community. Honestly, I feel sad. I feel heartbroken. 
That's Angel Maxine, a musician and one of the activists that pushed for the bill's rejection. Maxine says the community now lives in fear. I am sad because we've been working all these years for this bill not to be passed. It's not for anything. Queer people should not be criminalized. We should be given the freedom to live like any other human being, like any other guardian. And it breaks my heart that this bill is passed. The Human Sexual Rights and Family Values Bill is very controversial and seeks to prohibit LGBTQ activities, clamp down on promoters and advocates. There is jail term for up to 10 years for such promoters and advocates, while persons caught engaged in LGBTQ activities can go to jail for three years. Those who provide funding also face up to five years in jail. Some Ghanaians have reacted to the bill's passage as well. Honestly, I feel like with passing of a bill like this, it has to put to a negative side, okay? Um, the negative side being that it would affect Ghana in terms of finance and other things that we need from other countries. Honestly, I feel like morally it's wrong. I think that the passage of the anti-LGBTQ plus bill is just in the right direction because when you look at the public popular opinion of people, it is all that we don't want it in our country. So I think parliament has just done what the people of Ghana want them to do. Ghana's president, Nana Ekufuado, is now expected to sign the bill into law. But having rejected some previous bills passed last year, all eyes are on him to see what happens next. Thanks, Isaac Kalechi, for that report. Uh, now, Josie, let us try to dissect this topic. You know, out mm-hmm. of the 54 countries on the African continent, uh, or recognized by the African Union, for that matter, homosexuality is outlawed in 31 countries as of October last year, 2023. And uh, LGBT anti-discrimination laws exist in it African country that is Angola, Botswana, Cape Verde, Mauritius, Mozambique, Namibia, Seychelles, and South Africa. I mean, yeah. Mm. If speaking of South Africa, Isaac, it mm. is the only country in Africa where any form of discrimination against the LGBTQ plus community is constitu- constitutionally forbidden. Wow. In some of the countries with criminal punishments for homosexuality, governments have recently been enforcing the law more harshly, and many legislators have recently proposed stricter sentences for the same-sex activity. Well, to take you back a little bit, uh, you do remember we covered a similar story in Uganda where Mm -hmm. lawmakers unanimously adopted a similar bill. Uh, There was one, actually, who stood against it. His name is Fox Odoi. We had a plan to bring him on the show, but he's been caught up with other engagements. And in Uganda, the act itself... I mean, it was later passed. Museveni, the president, just if you do remember, signed it into law. Mm. And it uh, allows the death sentence for certain types of 
consensual same-sex activities. It attracted a lot of international community. Many countries condemned it. I do remember even the World Bank, yeah, yeah. you know, decided to <laughs> freeze all the money. Mm. And, uh, well, Uganda again was in the news for all the wrong reasons. Just like Ghana now, that was a model of democracy. Yeah, but I is. remember President Museveni coming out to say, we don't need the money, you know. If you heard that lady in the uh, um, report yes. by Isaac Kalechi, she's saying that morally... We don't want it, but mm. because of finances and we are being begged by IMF, it's going to affect the country. You know, so anyway, we asked on our Facebook page, uh, DW Africa, do you think President Akufo Ado will be influenced by these criticisms? And Koboy Koboy says the power and authority of majority of the people lies in the true representation of their leaders at the level of legislature, Republic of Ghana. Ghana is a country of your own. They have played their role. It is now up to the president. Yes. I mean, there have been concerns from the U.S. But personally, Josie, I would like such issues to be given a referendum. You take it to the people, not parliament. Just like we have presidential term limits when they're about to be removed. Mm. You know, there's that need to bring in the whole of the country for referendum, you know, rather than than a group of legislators to decide on such critical matters that involved human rights to decide on people's behalf. And mm-hmm. that's why there's a section of people like we had in that report that were not happy. Uh, uh, Desmond says, let him not sign this bill into law and this party will hear from us. You, you can see that. Okay, now you know already it's like a threat saying elections mm. are just around this just December. Just blackmailing. So, uh, what if he decides to just hold on to signing and then soon after the elections? You know, you, we, we should not even base it on the elections, but yeah, yeah. that's your comment. The AJ Mutomba says, so all the problems African continent been having for generations, USA is closing eyes and ears, but this law just passed in less than 48 hours. Their eyes and ears are open. USA shows concerns about human rights. But in Congo, it's now decades. People are dying under terrorist attacks. And it goes on and on. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, he's referring to the fact that the US has already raised concerns about Mm. the passing of the legislation. But I I think there's some sort of, you know, misinformation spreading. It is still a bill. It's not yet It's not yet law. into law, mm. but all the people commenting on X, formerly Twitter, and even on other media platforms like Facebook, Telegram, a lot of fake news is being peddled that it's already law, you know, putting so much mm. pressure on LGBTQ community. But what we can tell you at Africa Link, it is a story that we are closely following, and we shall be bringing you updates, the latest information about it in our episodes, because we have correspondents on ground, on ground exactly. in Ghana, in Accra, in Tamale. Mm. But nevertheless, you can always tell us what you think by going to our Facebook page, DW Africa. And you are still listening to DW's Africa Link program. Our top story today is that there are mixed reactions in Ghana after members of parliament signed a bill that passes stringent anti-law or crackdown on LGBTQ communities. 
And my name is Isaac Mugabe. And mine is Josie Mahachi. Remember, we are live on our Facebook page. That's DW Africa. Remember to always share that live stream with your friends and families. We also appreciate everyone who's tuned in through all our partner stations across the continent. One reminder as well, you can mm. always find every episode of Africa Link on Spotify. Exactly. Thank you for that reminder, Josie. Yes, Spotify, by the way. <laughs> Some it's free, but you can still pay for it if you want more. I yeah, mean, for, it's for just like the advanced, adverts in but, between, but you can but still. But for DW, you won't have to pay for it. It's yes. free. Mm-hmm. Well, coming up in the next fifteen minutes, you'll be hearing how happy new recruits in Zambia's education sector are. To imagine that you are really going to be doing something that you were trained in is nice, because sometimes, because of uh, the high levels of unemployment you would get into a job that wouldn't really appreciate. Mm-hmm. That story will be back shortly. But for now, several hundred victims of the Cameroonian separatist conflict, which has killed over 6,000 civilians, say the central government has abandoned them after they lost everything in the crisis and escaped to French-speaking regions. Well, the victims say they lack food and shelter and have resorted to desperate measures uh, please be aware because this report by Moki Kinzeka in Yaounde contains uh, graphic descriptions of violence that some of you might find disturbing. This music, Mbamba Toban or Welcome by Richard Band, an orchestra from Zoetele in central Cameroon, blasts through speakers at Minifem, a lively neighborhood in the capital Yaoundé. The Yaoundé City Council claims most of the 250 girls serving in bars at Minifem are from Cameroon's crisis-hit Anglophone regions. Many are of school-going age. Among them is 17-year-old Marilyn Zekem, she says her parents were killed in Jakiri, a northwestern town in 2020, while returning from the farm. Zekem says she sells her body to take care of herself and her baby. Mr. Moki, I have lost everything due to the crisis. When I come out like this, I can be going back with 2000 to take care of myself and my daughter. I don't have anywhere to go, nobody to help me. To survive... The chem and others walk along the streets. Some work as house helps, some work in farms, but the majority are bar and restaurant attendants with little pay. Last week, victims of the crisis organized a press conference to remind the Cameroon government and the international community of their suffering. They had frightening stories to tell. My name is Ndungtel Mabuo Asongo. My mother was killed on her way back from a funeral. Before she got killed, she was sexually assaulted, tortured, shot, and beheaded. Her body was dumped on the market square while her head was dumped behind the brigade of Pinyin. My name is Bapita. I am from Jigijem Oku. On the 23rd of August, they assigned one of them to shoot me. He shot me on the leg. That is why I have one leg now. My name is Nyangsi Magdalene. We made the dead body my husband. When they have slaughtered the truth, removed the heart and the manhood, they root that they killed him 
because he took mattress from the deal of Jakiri during that time of COVID-19. There were very Ntungwe. The terrorists came to the school campus and started assaulting in front of my children and they later on shot at me and they were sure that they had killed me. I was sure I was dead. The thankfully to God that I shielded my face with my left hand and it reduced the impact of the bullet. It was actually intended to scatter my face. I've gone through nine surgeries. I still have two more reconstruction surgeries. John Donatus is the deputy coordinator of the presidential plan for the reconstruction and development of Cameroon's northwest and southwest regions. He says victims are still largely unaware of assistance programs, but acknowledges there is a funding shortage. It is actually important for us to communicate to the people to know the presidential plan is going on. Because the idea was that, oh, nothing is being done. We have the problem of resources because the major funder was the state. Multilateral partners and the friends of Cameroon should come in. As I moved out of Mini Firm, I imagined the future of the very young girls without an education and with no knowledge of what tomorrow holds for them. The International Crisis Group says the Cameroon crisis is an underreported disaster with over 650,000 displaced persons. Mboki Kinzeka with that report. Uh, now, a comment coming in from one of our ardent listeners, Lambert Kevin, says, uh, he says, Josie, to you, I'm an IDP, internally displaced person here in Yaoundé. I've never received any support from the government since 2019. Even the private media that I've been risking and working for them in the war zone has never said anything. I mean, we get such comments a lot mm. on Facebook, and I think the government of Cameroon needs to look into this and make sure that at least if people are displaced, you know, at least mm. they get support. Thank you so much, Lambert, for, those, uh, for that comment. Remember, you can also keep commenting on our Facebook page, DW Africa. We now head to Zambia where President Hakainde Hichilema delivered his State of the Nation address. Hakainde said his government has been employing more teachers and nurses since he took office. Well, among some of the things that he boasted about is that some citizens and other professionals uh, were feeling sidelined, but others are concerned about salaries, blotting the already burdened wage bill. Beneficiaries of these recruitments and some analysts can point to some positives. Well, Grimushinge in the capital Saka has more. Joseph Chishimba, a University of Zambia graduate, spent years searching for a job. A trained educator, he was forced to take work that did not match his qualifications. Now, thanks to the Zambian government's mass recruitment of teachers, Chishimba can now take up a teaching post in Inchilenge, northern Zambia. Like many recruits, Chishimba is excited. To imagine that you are really going to be doing something that you were trained in is nice because sometimes because of uh, the high levels of unemployment you would get into a job that wouldn't really appreciate uh, those skills that you uh, have. So I'm really happy. The government has also been actively recruiting nurses and teachers since the United Party for National Development, the UPND, won the 2021 election. Some professionals have fallen through the cracks and there are concerns about government's increased expenditure through salaries in the absence of tangible investment ventures. But 
Economist Alexander Nkosi says recruitments have improved the teacher-to-student ratio and nurse-to-patient ratio, thereby enhancing the quality of health and education services. I think we made the right steps by declaring free education as well as uh, making efforts to increase the number of teachers in schools. And the same applies for the health sector. I think we made the right steps to uh, build more health facilities, recruit more health workers, and maybe now start working on uh, ensuring that we have adequate um, medical equipment as well as our medicines. The previous government also invested in education and health, so when the UPND took over, some groundwork had been laid. Still, a 2022 declaration that education would be free in Zambia meant that young people who previously could not attend school suddenly filled classrooms. This dramatically worsened the teacher-to-pupil ratio and created high demand for teachers, according to Nkosi. And for the health sector, we saw what happened during COVID, where it was clear that our health sector was strained. Uh, it was constrained, and um, we, we, we could see that we needed more health workers. Minister Douglas Shakalima recently told Zambian media that recruits have helped the government to address possible future teacher deficits. He said the lack of teaching jobs in the past discouraged most secondary school leavers from applying for teacher training courses, but that has since changed. If there was no recruitment this time around, I can tell you, the next 20 years you'll be importing teachers. But now everybody wants to go to the College of Education in order to become teachers because they thought that it was undesirable to go and train as a teacher. So what the president did to recruit those 30,000 and continuously this year, Colleges of Education are now receiving many uh, applications. He adds that over 30,000 teachers and 11,000 plus nurses have been employed since the recruitment exercise started two years ago. Thanks, Glory Moshinge, for that report. Talking sports. Yes, it's uh, now time to talk sports, starting with women football. Yes. German women's national team beat Netherlands 2-0. I heard you earlier talking about it in the yeah. newsroom, Isaac. I mean, mm. to qualify for the Olympics in Paris 2024. You watched the match. You were pre-empting in the, in the newsroom. How mm. was it? Well, it is one of the most thrilling games I've watched in recent days. Well, first, to begin with, mm. I mean, Germany had lost to France uh, for, in the semifinals for it to play for the finals of the UEFA Women's Nations League. So at least it had to salvage by winning Netherlands to, if it was to qualify mm. for the Olympics this year. And this is a game that also the Dutch girls who were on fire in the first minutes were really really thriving to get their hands on, at least to give glory to their country. And it was very colorful. You know, when the, when the Dutch go in the stadium, mm. their orange color yeah. shines out. The mm. beginning of the ceremony was impeccable, you know. That moment when they switch off the lights and everyone uh, uses the phone, the torch on their phones to show mm-hmm. the excitement, <laughs> and they were on fire. But, I mean, Germany has some of the youngest stars that have been 
so far now that are coming up, like one Lena Oberdorf, who, mm. she was playing for Wolfsburg. Now Bayern Munich has grabbed her. She's impeccable. She I beat mean, two defenders, uh-huh. two, you know, to score the first goal and two was threading. Without you being biased, I mean, mm-hmm. Germany is your home. You work for Germany's <laughs> public broadcaster. Be honest. Yes. How did the girls perform, the German girls? They performed very well. The youngsters I'm talking about, because they have also older players mm-hmm. uh, like Alexander Pop, you know, who have been there for some time. But they have these upcoming stars who are really, really out of this world. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought for me, I said it even before, that the Netherlands would have could have won this game, but the girls were really too fast, too strong for the Dutch girls. And mm. I mean, they delivered. Okay. Now, Spain claimed their second major trophy in mm. six months by beating France to win the inaugural Women's Na- Nations League. Mm-hmm. Spain seems unstoppable. Is it just my opinion or how do you see that? This is what all sports pundits are, are saying, are mm-hmm. seeing, including yours truly, myself. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> remember they beat France at the World Cup. They're the title holders of the World Cup. So, they were really too strong again for the French side. You know, Helmozo, and I mean, their squad is just too strong for other teams. Most of them, by the way, play for teams like Barcelona, Rio Madrid. Mm-hmm. They're really strong and they deserve the win. Okay, let's move to the men's football now. Cameroon yes. Football Federation, Feka Foot will not renew coach Rigobert Song's contract, which mm. expired yesterday, Wednesday, ending his two-year stay at the helm. There were so many mixed reactions on Facebook. Yes, and to start with you, even yourself, who attended AFCON in the, <laughs> the last games, I mean, there are all signs that... I saw it, that coming. Uh, the, for me, what surprised me is that uh, Rigobert's song didn't resign after AFCON had owned it. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's the normal thing to do. Most of the coaches, like the one of Gambia, you mm-hmm. know, said, immediately resigned. You know, there are others who resigned, but I think Rigobert's song looked at his relationship with Samuel Eto and thought maybe, oh, I'll get another contract. But he didn't deliver, so he should have done the wise thing and resigned. Mm. And then Juventus midfielder and 2018 World Cup champion Paul mm. Pogba, I mean, I came to the studio so disappointed. Yes. Has been banned from football for four years for a doping offence. However, I just saw his statement on X. Mm. He is saying he can't comment now because it's it's through the legal channels, yeah. but he's very disappointed and he will tell the full story. What more can you tell the listeners about Pogba's case? Uh, Pogba already said he's going to appeal. It's quite unfortunate, just and by the way, I, I know you want to know whether it could mark the end of his career. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could mark the beginning of his career because he's already 31. After a four-year ban, in case it's not overturned, it means he'll come out of it when he's 35. And normally people end their career at 35. Legend. Okay, thank you so much for joining us on DW's Africa Link on this edition. Until next time, my name is Josie Mahachi. And I'm Isaac Mugabe. I'll be back tomorrow for the story of the week. So make a date with me. Made for Minds.